This podcast is brought to you by Fandango. Fandango offers movie tickets and gift cards to over 45,000 different screens across the United States and reaches into nearly 80% of the nation's total theaters. By partnering with virtually every leading film exhibitor like Regal, Cinemark, AMC, and more. So to pick up some movie tickets or a gift card for the movie fan in your life, head on over to cityweekly.com slash Fandango or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. Hi, everybody. This is Bridget Nielsen. This is Jesse Ventura. Hi, this is Lou Ferrigno. Hi, this is Dee Wallace, and you're listening to Cinema Geekly. You're listening to Cinema Geekly. You're listening to Cinema Geekly. <laughs> you're listening to Cinema Geekly. Keep listening, baby. Coming to you in hypersonic ultra-maximum high definition from the depths of the interwebs and straight into your ear holes, it's the Cinema Geekly Podcast. It's time for the Cinema Geekly Podcast, episode 196. It's Anthony Lewis along with Glenn Beauvais, and we are back to talk more movie news and reviews. Uh, like a mailbag episode this week, though, but Glenn did see a movie, and there's a little bit of movie news. I don't know, Glenn, where should we start? Do you want to start by talking about the Snyder Cut, or do you want to talk about your enthralling adventure uh, that was you watching the movie Scoob? That was the Scooby Doo movie, right? Yeah, or the it's new one. Scoob. Uh-huh. All, all right, tell me all about this movie. Um, yeah, it was all right. <laughs> no, no, serviceable. It was, <laughs> no, it was. Uh, I mean, it was cute. It's definitely a kid kid movie. Um, there's a few adult jokes. I mean, I, I definitely chuckled. I think the nostalgia of it like i i don't know about you but i watched scooby-doo a lot when i was a little kid mm-hmm. um and i didn't like scooby-doo so much but i love the scooby-doo like when it was just him and shaggy and they like live with the monsters yeah that was like the one i watched all the time yep and then i also watched the wacky races those little like <laughs> things that like when south park did it mm-hmm. um I would watch those wacky races a lot too. So I love Dick Dastardly and Muttley. And of course that's who the bad guy is in this. Yeah. So the nostalgia worked um, a little bit. The nostalgia bit. was excellent. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, one thing too. I, it's weird that they do this in the movies. Um, you know, spoilers or whatever, but not like not, it's not that the big bad is this, but there is a ghost, I guess it's a ghost monster. Um, but they try and open up the gates to Alexander's treasure yeah. in Greece. Mm-hmm. And Cerberus is guarding it. And I just I always... I never... They never really did it in the show, but with the movies, they always have to have something be dog-centric. Yes. And I find that really strange. Because, <laughs> again, I don't really ever notice it in the show. Well, you need but to have... Then, well, I mean, movies are so big, Glenn. You need to have the, you know, uh, just like how Captain Picard had to face off with a uh, Tom Hardy-ized version of Captain Picard in Star Trek Nemesis, Scooby must face some sort of other evil dog version. Uh, 
I don't know why they do yeah, stuff Yeah, but that like wasn't this, but... every Star Trek movie with Picard. Also, that's <laughs> true. That is true. There was only the one. So, yeah, there is some sort of weird thing where it must be dog-related, but... Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they think that's what the kids, you know... They can like the kids said, can boil never, it down easier. I never noticed it like in any of the iterations of the TV shows, but it's like you know the two live yeah. action movies they were centered around something dog related, some sort of evil mutt. Yeah, whatever James Gunn could think of, and then um, <laughs> and then like a couple of then again like this one, you know, it's supposed to be a theatrical release, but it's also yes, you know, dog related. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Mark Wahlberg as Blue Fountain. Uh, Blue Fountain. Blue Falcon was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Will Forte was good as, you know, Shaggy. Yep. Um, Zach Afron got a paycheck to be Fred. Uh, <laughs> that good, huh? He really poured himself into that role. He's so flat. Like, it's just not, I don't think, I don't know. He's just trying to, you know, he's trying to play Fred as dumb. Yeah. I guess. And it's just, but he's just so flat. It's just everything is just on one level. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, I love my car. Oh man, we're Shaggy and Scooby. Like, yeah, yeah. I can't think he's just trying to play him as stupid, but his aloofness, he just. Too much. Sounds like he's, you know, on a downer, I guess. Yeah, yeah. No, he's like, uh, what's the, the animated one that's uh, Darla? That's what it was like. Mm hmm. Just monotone and, uh, you know, no emotion behind it. That's kind of how it was like. So, oh, Daria. Yeah. Daria, Daria. Except Daria is actually funny and it's dry. Yeah, dryness. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that it was fun. Jason Isaacs is Dirk Dastardly. That was pretty good. Oh yeah, I mean that's pretty great because Jason Isaacs is awesome. But yeah, I'm sure that was some yeah. scenery chewing. Yeah, I mean it's hard. To, it's hard not to when your last name is Dastardly. So score wise, probably like. It was about as three as the three could get. It wasn't too long. It was like an hour and 20 minutes. I mean, that's not bad, really. That's yeah. better than I would have expected. So, yeah, I mean, I could probably scale it down to like a two and a half if I want to be super critical. But I mean, it was just something that was on. It's new. I mean, <laughs> Glenn, at the rate this is going, Scoob could make your top 10 for 2020. You know what? You're right. It could make my top 10. That's the kind of world we're living in. I mean, I don't know what the best movie I've seen this year score-wise, but... Yeah. I'd have to go back and look. There's not too many movies on the list, but... Yeah. Uh, Oh, man. So, let's talk... Ooh, You know what? Let's talk about something cool first, and then we'll sadly bring it down, and then we'll end on a high note with the mailbag. So, first, let's talk about the latest trailer for Tenant. Which uh, is the uh, the latest film from Christopher Nolan? I had seen the original trailer when it came out, but had kind of forgotten about what was in the trailer. I just knew I wanted to see the movie, and then right before we were recording, you're like, "You got to go watch the new trailer for it." It came out a couple of days ago, and then you said it sort of reminded you of Inception, right? A little bit. Now, like the trailer for Inception, is that what it yeah, reminded it's you like- of? Yeah, like I watched it, and it's like, wow, these visual these visuals look cool. Yes. I have no idea what is happening. No, yeah. So I watched this. I have no idea what's happening, but it looks so cool. <laughs> yeah, it does. It looks really good. I like the. I mean, for me, it really kicked in in the the highway chase scene where the car is tumbling, and then it just straightens out and lands, and then just starts driving again. Yeah. I was just like, w- w- what the hell is happening here? And uh, 
it, I definitely was getting kind of those Inception vibes. And I still really like Inception. In fact, it's probably due for a, a rewatch in this house at some point. But yeah, it's been a while. It's been it's been a little while since I've watched it. But I got yeah, I got the same vibes. Like I don't know what's going on, but there are two things I know about this. One, it looks very cool, and two, I want to see this thing. Yeah, so, yeah. Chris, I mean, I love Christopher Nolan's work. Uh, this is probably going to end up being no exception. He has very smart ideas, and usually. Uh, applies those ideas onto film pretty well. So, oh man, I'm really excited to see this. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on it? And by the way, everybody should go watch this trailer if they haven't seen it yet. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just, it looks very, very visually stimulating. Mm-hmm. Like not just the car scene, but when oh. they're going onto the building and then yes. even when he's firing the gun, like a lot of, uh, I really want to, like, <laughs> I know that they don't, but I wish that they would do like, even if it's just audio, but some kind of like release of the editing room for some of this stuff. Oh, like the best yes. of, and because it's just like, I, you know, cause he does photochemical, you know, real uh, films. So I can't imagine <laughs> you just see that or sit there with the cuts. Like, how oh, the fuck am I supposed to yes. get this to work? I mean, that's, you know, <clears throat> A testament to a lot of why his movies work really well is just yep. damn good editing. Yeah. Know? I mean, I would love to see like a featurette on their whole editing process. And I mean, like, I I think they'd be making that for like an audience of 50 people, Glenn, like you and I included in that. But yeah, yeah damn that would be that would be something cool to see for sure. Because, you know, even just even if you're just going to watch uh, just seeing the dailies, like, you know, the. Mm-hmm who cares about i mean but even just seeing like some of the other takes like how you're actually gonna cut this together like i don't know yeah that's the kind of stuff i would find more interesting for you know his type of same like tarantino like or fincher because he did what he did 80 takes of that like smash laptop in the social network like someone who's that attention to detail like i really just want man if you, i don't know if, yeah. they, if you could pay like an X amount for like exclusive behind the scenes crap, you know, I, I don't even care. Like certain ones, you know, like, Hey, it's 150 bucks, but like you get all this, it's, you know, 10 hours of behind the scenes footage of like how they did this. Like, uh, I'd probably pay it. Yeah. Uh, know, for certain movies. Okay. So speaking of the editing room. Oh yeah. Our last big piece of news. I can't believe this is happening, but here we are, everybody. Uh, who who announced this officially? Was it uh, Warner Brothers who came out and announced this, or was it no, HBO Zach Max? Snyder, so Zack Snyder announced it. Officially. Oh, so Zack Snyder was the one who officially announced it. Well, uh, it's him and Henry Cavill announced it when they were there. Was he was like doing a watch party for one of his movies? Yes. Was it Man of Steel? I think, I think it, it was, was Man of Steel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I guess hashtag aficionados rejoice today because, uh, you will no longer have to clamor for hashtag release the Snyder cut because the Snyder cut or whatever it is that they will be releasing will be released on HBO max when it launches. Uh, has it launched or is it still due to launch due to launch? Okay. So when it launches, 
the Snyder Cut of Justice League, whatever that means, will uh, be appearing. Do you have any sort of idea what this actually is? Because to me... I it- don't, because they said... He said he didn't do reshoots, even though they spent $30 million on redoing this. It sounds like, yeah, to me, it sounds like they spent a lot of money on doing visual effects that were unfair. Probably fixing his fucking face. (laughs) (laughs) Fixing Henry Cavill's mustache. (laughs) To me, it sounds like they're going to take the movie that Zack Snyder started, that Josh Whedon finished, and then they're going to add in extra to me it sounds like it's going to be whatever the batman v superman dawn of justice deluxe edition or whatever uh the expanded edition or whatever that was this sounds like this is all that this is what this is going to be to me like they're gonna they're just going to take the deleted scenes they're going to finish some of the visual effects they're going to insert them into the movie to add to the movie's length but um i don't think they're going to really change the movie I mean, the only way you could really do that with would be with reshoots, right? Yeah, I mean, unless they just have different takes of different stuff. I mean, I can't remember how much shooting he had done before Joss Whedon took over. Yeah, I mean, people believe that they had an assembly cut full of, you know, everything that they had done with a bunch of unfinished visuals and stuff like that. Um, and then Whedon came in and then filmed more material and then re-put things together or took some things out and put in some other things. At least that's my understanding. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine this is going to be a vastly different movie. I, I picture it being very similar with some extra things added in, you know, maybe they'll uh, dull the color palette a little bit because justice league was notoriously much brighter than Batman V Superman was. I, I know like, so the scene where Superman comes back to life, yeah. That's in the dark. I think the original version, it's nighttime, not daytime. Yeah. Because, um, of course, it is. Of course, it is. So, think I that like kind the, of stuff. They shouldn't screw with that. That's the best scene in the movie. Yeah, no, it is the best scene in the movie. Uh, well. Again, I don't know how much of it was changed. I, I just know that it was originally nighttime when they did it, not daytime. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, Glenn, does this entice you to get HBO Max? Were you thinking about getting HBO Max anyway? Uh, And if not, is this something you would seek out at some point regardless? I mean, I'm probably going to get HBO Max. So, I mean, yeah, if it's on there, uh, just because I'm curious what the actual differences are. Also, same. I mean, that's why I watched the... Batman v Superman uh, ex- extended edition or whatever it was to yeah, see if yeah. they made it better and they didn't. Uh, it was still the same story, just longer with superfluous things added for some context, well, but nothing. Yeah, really they important. gave a little bit of context. You still, yeah. Well, we talked about that a long time ago. Yeah, it didn't really add all that much into it. So, um, so we'll see. And now uh, David Ayers is saying he wants his. Suicide Squad cut to be released, which if anyone has a better case, it's him because the fact that his movie got his was very chopped up. Yep, got obliterated by the trailer company. Um, mm-hmm. I don't blame him for why. No, his his version released that I completely that if there is one that should be the one to get it. Yeah, uh, I mean I'll probably end up wanting to see it too, um, and I'll. 
I'll probably end up with HBO Max for a little bit because there's a lot of stuff I want to catch up on. Um, I mean, I'm really excited about that, uh, the Last of Us show that they're going to make, but I really wanted to watch the uh, the Watchmen show, which I've heard great reviews about. Yeah, so, I've heard it's excellent. Uh, yeah, so there's things I want to catch up on. Or, you know, at least uh, that's the hope. Or try to, I guess. Yeah. Um, all right, so do you want to hop into the mailbag then? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so a thank you to everybody who decided to send stuff in to cinemageekly at gmail.com. You can continue to send stuff in if you want to. Uh, I feel like things are easing up with this whole pandemic thing, but, you know, uh, the more things ease up, the more possible it is that we're going to get a second spike of cases, and then we may shut back down again. So, uh, in general... It would be a good idea if you have any questions or comments or whatever, just to send them in cinemageekly at gmail.com. Thank you very much. So I'm going to start with this first one here because this one's kind of a cheat. Um, it's the first one on your list as well, Glenn, but this one's kind of a cheat because uh, we'd gotten, uh, we'd received a podcast suggestion that I like the idea of so much. I already went and talked to Ben about it. So, because he was the first person that came to my mind. Uh, uh, so, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll say something about that afterwards. But first, uh, uh, to the mailbag, to the actual email, as it were. So, here we go. Uh, this one comes from a loyal listener, Stacy. And it says, an idea came to me as I was listening to some music, watching the incredible Hollow Notes video for You Make My Dreams. I have not seen this video, Glenn. Are you aware of this video? Yes, I am. Okay. Is it incredible? Because I, I love Hall and Oates. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, it's something. Okay, well, I've not seen it, but now I want to. Uh, why don't you guys re- review music videos? You can have the listeners suggest videos that they want you to watch and review, or you could use a randomizer if one exists that gives you a broad selection of options. Uh, you could review just the song, the video, or both. There's a never-ending selection of music. Why not make fun of slash revel in slash entertain yourself watching videos and discussing your reactions to them? Uh, some videos that come to mind right away, right? Said Fred, I'm too sexy. Nirvana smells like teen spirit or M&Ms without me. Loyal listener, Stacy. So, um, Glenn, I don't know if you think this is a good idea or not, or if it's something you'd want to do. But as I mentioned, I already did talk to Ben about this, and he thought this was an awesome idea. And he's like, well, I mean, Beavis and Butthead did it, so, <laughs> you know, why not revive? Yeah, but none of them have the regal voice that Ben has. So. No, no, of course not. Uh, so, yeah, this is actually going to become a thing. In fact, I spent a good portion of my day-to-day working on the podcast art for this, and we've been uh, tossing names around back and forth, but... Um, I'm sure there will be more news to come around uh, eventually, but... And also, this would work better as far as, like, something to put up on YouTube as well. Well, it could be, yeah, because we can include the videos along with it, but if worse comes to worse, we can always include links to the videos as well. I don't know if we're going to do, like, a live review. It might be more of a we watch them and then just sort of discuss them, but this is a... I think this is a great idea because it gives me an excuse to talk about music, uh, and like, uh, can kind of squeeze in the tie into cinema in so much as that music videos are somewhat cinematic. So, uh, let 
me see here. What do we have next? But I am not the right man for that job. You are not. No, no, I, I don't. Um, I think I've said it before, but like, like with music, a lot of times I just sing the songs. I really don't pay attention to what the meanings of, meaning is on the lyrics half the time. Yeah. Um, and when I watch a music video, usually the symbolism goes over my head. I don't know what it is, but when it has music to it, I just don't get it. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Unless I'm, it's like super obvious, like, this yeah. is America. Yeah. Or I mean, like... Sure. Yeah. Like Metallica's one, they just use footage from the movie that they also use, like audio from in their, you know, in the actual song. But yeah, I sometimes I don't think there is anything. Sometimes I think they're just making a wacky video to go along with their song. Like I've seen multiple variations of songs that are about clearly about something, but then the music video is nothing like that. So. I don't know. Uh, it'll it'll give us a good excuse to talk about music within the guise of cinema. So I'll take it. Uh, next up, hey guys, I uh, I've heard one of you guys before, Glenn. I think like in comic book movies to modern day westerns. From what I could find on the internet, the era of westerns seemed to last around twenty years, kind of taking off with John Ford's Stagecoach, with the MCU itself having already spanned ten years. Do you see comic book movie popularity lasting as long as the Western? That's from Stephanie, a.k.a. Staff of Megatron. Glenn, what do you... We've talked about this a few times about the popularity of uh, comic book movies and stuff. And I think it was you who likened them to Westerns at some point. But what do you think? Do you think uh, they can have the sort of longevity that Westerns had in cinema? Yeah, I mean, I don't see why. I don't think they're going away anytime soon. Um, I think one I would say for the for the sake of comic movies I think this pandemic might be positive for them yeah. um, I know plenty of people who getting a break said, yeah once Endgame ended they were like yeah I mean what's the point you know like what's mm-hmm. um, not that Spider-Man did poorly or anything but you know I, I, like where do we I go mean, from here see it. yeah and it's just kind of like but now that, you know, you're talking about the fact that Black Widow's gotten pushed back or you now the other side. The Eternals and... Been, yeah, yeah, like the fact that all this stuff has been delayed, um, there's going to be a real hunger for it. And also, I'm really curious when it comes back, this is kind of relate to a question later on down the road, but like what is going to become the box office hits? You know, uh, could this be a, like a reawakening for some original IP uh, to get a chance as far as making um, some money mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, you know, it's, we'll see, you know, it's whatever can hit the ground running, I guess the fastest, uh, you know, who, but you know, who knows whenever this is all going to come back. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, of course it can last longer. I mean, it's, and you know, I wouldn't say Westerns are necessarily dead. They're just, Oh not, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. They're not as, they're probably not as prevalent, but they're a lot more popular than you would think. I mean, I know it's what twelve years ago, but I mean, like No Country for Old Men—that's a western. Uh, sure. The so I mean, there's still, uh, but the the thing that is interesting is that westerns have now kind of entered a stage of like where they can be considered prestige, whereas in the past, yeah, you know, spaghetti westerns and that kind of stuff. Whereas mm-hmm. like now, a lot of that stuff is revered, you know, revered. Uh, yeah, I mean, look at Tarantino. Maybe. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Tarantino makes spaghetti westerns and people just fawn over them. And most of the cases, rightfully so, like Django Unchained. Um, I think, yeah, I agree with you. I I mean, they're only... They're only really about halfway there. I mean, you can argue they're a little more than halfway there because you could argue comic book movie popularity goes back more than just the last 10 years. But in the last 10 years, it's really become a phenomenon of a much like a much wider scale than I think people were expecting when like X-Men hit or the Batman movies did well. Uh, I don't think they've anybody. Become your, they've become like the only tent poles, really. Yeah, like the only true tent poles. Yeah, I agree. Um, so yeah, I think they can, uh, I think, I think they can probably do it. And I think it helps that, um, Westerns are kind of like locked into being a Western, whereas comic book, the whole idea around it is that it can kind of cover so much more ground, I think. Uh, there's so many things that are comic book movies that people don't even know are, based on comic books. So, um, yeah. Well, I mean, I, usually, like, really what a Western is, is it's normally, like, a hero or a guy comes along and everything is changing around them and they help usher in this new progress. But because of the progress they've helped ushered in, mm-hmm. you know, they've become irrelevant. So, I mean, that's... Yeah. That's really what most Westerns are about. Yeah. So that works across. I mean, I guess like a lot of Westerns have a lot of similarities to like early Japanese movies, you know, Seventh Samurai being Magnificent Seven is the most obvious one. Um, You know, even like Hong Kong movies, you know, like old Jackie Chan's. I mean, for the most part, they're kind of Westerns, you know, they're one and of the same. It's just different setting. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just storytelling. Yeah. Um, okay. So next one, uh, Hey everyone, uh, new to the podcast, just started listening late last year. First, what's the status of the Marvel podcast? Is that coming back or is it dead now that the Netflix shows are done? Um, so yeah, podcasters of shield is not dead. Uh, we were planning on bringing that back sometime this year with the Disney plus Marvel shows, starting with, uh, the, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but I'm pretty sure all of those shows are pushed back. I think it's hard to say for certain. I, I don't know if any official word has come out on whether or not those shows have been pushed, but I would wager that they are because they're all sort of tied in with the rest of the MCU phase uh, for this go around. So I would imagine that they are pushed back, but I haven't heard any word, but uh, when those shows do crop up, uh, so shall the, the the Marvel podcast we do. Secondly, with everyone stuck in quarantine for the most part, do you miss going to the theater when things open back up? Is there something in mind you want to wait for, or do you just want to go to the first thing available? Josh Jerome. Uh, All right, Glenn. So do you miss the theater going experience stuck in quarantine? And uh, then feel free to answer the second question. It's funny that we actually got this question. Because mm-hmm. I hadn't really even, I didn't even think about it like when I watched Scoob or anything like that. And I was, but literally this morning, I was like, man, I haven't been to a movie theater since Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> yeah. So it's like been three months, which is abnormal for me um, as someone who you know goes two or three times a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I necessarily miss it. I love, I mean, to me, like, I love seeing things on the big screen in a big dark room, preferably in a matinee and no one else is in there besides the old people that are going to be quiet. Yes. Um, so in that regard, yeah, I mean, there's, to me, there's always, there's something to like getting a popcorn and a drink and sitting in a big poofy chair and, and watching something on the big screen. Yeah. Um, and am I going to go rushing back when it opens up? No. Now, if the first major release is Tenet, then yeah, I'm going to fucking go see that in a movie theater. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Hell or high water. I don't really care. Yes. Uh, mostly because if they have an IMAX screen um, and I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff, then mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to go see it as it was, you know, the way it was filmed. Yeah. Uh, as for me, I really miss the movie theater experience. I'm the same way. There's really nothing like. I. I mean, it's not like I have to watch a movie like that all the time, but there's really nothing like your first experience watching something being on that huge screen with that incredible sound and it forces you to pay attention to. Yes. Yes. And you have to really pay attention because you spent money and you can't really look away uh, from anything. If you pull out your phone, you're an a-hole. Yeah. And if you pull out your phone, you're a dick. Yes. So uh, there's really nothing like watching a movie for the first time in the theater. And yeah, absolutely miss it a ton and um i'm definitely not going to see the first thing available but like glenn i want to see tenant i want to see black widow i want to see uh the the new james bond movie there you know there's a ton of stuff that's on my list that i wanted to see in theaters this year so uh if any of those things happen to be available first thing then yes i will go first thing but uh, otherwise, I will be waiting for um, one of those movies to, to hit first. Um, all right. So uh, next one is from Red Devils United. Uh, do I have to read hello, hello, hello? I, well, I did anyway. So hello, hello, hello. Uh, do you think movies have been developing technology or has technology been developing movies? Think about it. Uh <laughs> I probably should have thought about it more uh, before actually reading it right here, right now. Uh, Glenn, do you have an answer, answer to this? Both. Yeah, I think so. I mean, fiction, or in science fiction's case, can inspire, you know, reality. You know, mm-hmm. do we really got to go through the rabbit hole of the dumb things that have come out of Star Trek? I mean, sure. <laughs> Actual yeah, things so. that have come from it, yes. Yeah, you know, and so it's, uh, you know, and the fact that Stanley Kubrick, you know, filmed us going to the moon and therefore forced us to actually have to go to the moon in future missions. Yeah, a little uh, bit anyway. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if he means it in the sense that are are we developing technology around movies or is the technology that's that exists? Are we like? Well, we've got to use this in our movies. I, well, I presume. Like, I presume in terms of visual effects or filming techniques. Yeah, I mean, like, because I mean, that's like James Cameron's whole thing. You know, look, he's a fool of himself, but to a certain extent, deservedly so. Um, but he, you know, him and his production company definitely pushes the boundaries on what CGI is capable of. Um, and then he turned some of the stuff that he used for like Titanic into like real life, you know, discoveries and dives. So, um, I, you know, it can 
it, it can go back and forth. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think, I think so as well. It's, I think it's definitely a mix good and bad. I yeah. Think. I mean, like what's the new thing is like Disney's trying to develop stunt robots to do, uh, you know, like aerials and that kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, if that happens, then we'll be back to having practical stunts and things won't, you know, look like, you know, star Wars in some cases where it's just obviously a green screen. Yeah. Um, Okay, so last question. Hey guys, how about a lightning round of stuff I dragged up from the internet? Ashley L. from Rockford, uh, Michigan. Okay, so do we have answers to all of these questions? I don't know. Yes, yes, I do. Okay, I I didn't think about... I should think about these things, but I don't. I try to just answer them on the fly, so... Uh, all right. Uh, first one. Do you think a movie has to be expensive to make to become a blockbuster and why? Depends on what your definition of a blockbuster is. Yeah. Um, to make a billion dollars, probably going to have to spend a good chunk of change to get there. Let's not say a billion dollars, but let's say big star, big action set pieces explosions and shit like that um and visual effects um like good visual effects it doesn't they don't have to be cg but just good visual effects it has to look high budget so can you do like a high budget movie with a big name star and action set pieces and stuff and can you do that without it being overly expensive yeah i mean i guess you you know what I mean? Like, there's qualifiers for, like, A Quiet Place. Made a lot of money. Yes. Um, wasn't, didn't have a particularly high budget. No. Um, I mean, El- Emily Blunt and John Krasinski are known, but I wouldn't necessarily say they're, like, huge movie stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say for something like that to work, it has to be a horror movie, because my other examples, like, Get Out. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Get Out. It's got people you might know in it, but no one's particularly a star, you yeah. know. Yeah. before the movie came out. Um, I mean, Jordan Peele was someone you just knew from Key and Peele, but I don't want to say he had like a lot of cachet in that way. I mean, the yeah. movie before that they made Keanu bombed. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I would say, I would say for something to be super low budget and make it, it's gotta be horror. I think that's the yeah. only way it can work. Uh, like Conjuring movies. I don't think they were super expensive to make. Um, I mean, what the Blair Witch? I mean, didn't that like actually make like a billion dollars, and they made it for like nothing grand or something like yeah, that? Yeah, like, you know. So I would say I would say horror was probably the mm-hmm. the way you could you would be able to pull something like that off. I don't think um, it has to be expensive, but I, nine times out of ten, it's going to be a very big budget movie. Yeah, I mean, what Deadpool like wasn't the first movie like fifty. 85 million you know it made its money so yeah i feel like you gotta be above you gotta be above 50 to kind of shoot way way up there i would say yeah unless again it's a horror movie yeah i think it used to be more true a long time ago uh that you could make a blockbuster movie that wasn't that expensive but you know a lot of that is looking back at hindsight because uh, prices go up like giant blockbuster movies from the nineties, uh, pale in comparison price wise to, yeah. uh, what movies cost to make now. So, 
Uh, all right. So when there's a new movie on and you're interested in it, do you usually go to the cinema to watch it or do you wait to see it on demand? I guess it depends on your level of interest, right? Yeah, I mean, if it's something I want to see, I try to go see it in a movie theater as soon as possible. Um, but some of it's out of necessity. Like, I always try to watch all the Best Picture nominees before the Oscars. Yeah. And, you know, I can't... Normally, that's going to be impossible to do without mm-hmm. seeing it in theaters beforehand. Yeah. So, For yeah, me- I mean depends yeah for me it depends as well it's usually budget related i can't go see everything i'm interested in because i'm interested in a lot so if i went to see everything i was interested in i'd go broke just watching movies at the movie theater so usually i can't just be interested it has to be something i really want to see and then i will go see it uh in a theater first, but a lot of stuff I'll, I'll usually wait to, I usually wait to see outside, but it just depends. It depends on my interest level. So what common courtesies apply when watching a movie at the theater? Glenn, I have a feeling you have a list of these. <laughs> uh, I mean, just shutting the fuck up. Like that's kind that's of a big uh, one. <laughs> uh, you know, I, and I will say a lot of it, so much of these things depend on what movie you're seeing. Like, I admitted to you, and I think I said on this podcast, when I saw that Rock versus the Giant Building movie, um, I talked the whole time about the jackass. Yeah, Skyscraper. But it's like, I mean, what we were watching, like, I'm watching a B movie. Like, the only other, there's like maybe two other sets of people in there, and the rest were all my friends. Like, this is just us BSing because we're watching the Rock fight a building that's on fire. Mm -hmm. Um, So it, it... you know, there's certain things like, you know, certain horror slasher films, like, I think it's okay to talk in. But for instance, the person who sat next to me when I saw Avengers Endgame broke every single taboo I could think of. Oh, which, yeah. <laughs> which is, she talked, she commented. There's no thing like making a one off joke every once in a while. But I mean, mm-hmm. she was a running commentary. Yes. And like, the, I mean, like, like I said, the very beginning of it. Mm-hmm. which I, I would have enjoyed that scene so much more if she would have just been quiet. Yes. <laughs> but oh, when, like, when Hawkeye's family gets family, yeah. snapped. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, oh. And then, like, uh, yes. when they show the – and it has, like, they're at the base, and it's going through the, all the people's faces, deceased, deceased, missing, or whatever the hell it was. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, they're gone. Oh, they're gone. Oh, they're, like – that yes. kind of stuff is just unnecessary. And then when everyone came back to life at the end, spo- oh man, oh, he didn't see that one coming. Yes. Uh, she just is waving her arms out and like, oh, and this being so loud. Like, there's, <laughs> there's being like, you know, if you're a group of people, yeah, like, they're, you know, you're supposed to, yeah, you know, cheer for the hero when they do something or, or you know, oh sure, or, like we've all seen, know, laugh. we've, yeah. I think we've all seen the clips from the premiere that. Uh, people put the audio behind where the crowd's going ape shit for things. And that sounds like a fun experience, but if that's not the mood in your theater, don't be the only one who's experiencing the movie like that. Yeah, or we watched John wick. I mean, it's just like, yeah, yeah. Like clapping. And like, mm-hmm. we're just cheering when he's just, just mowing dudes down with the horse being used as a shotgun. Yes. Like, <laughs> It's just, you know, stuff like that. It, you, it's okay to emote. I'm not saying that. But, sure. yeah, 
read the room a little bit, I guess. Oh, and yeah. yeah, just don't be on your phone. I mean, yeah. I, it should go without saying, like, don't answer a call. But, mm-hmm. like, my like that was one thing Robbie was really bad about when we first got together, which was she would always leave her phone on. It would be on oh. vibrate. But it would it light up real. or... Yeah. Yeah. You know, she'd have an approach. And so, you know, we nipped that in the butt pretty quick into our relationship. But, uh, <laughs> like, we can't be together if your phone yeah, keeps no, going I mean, off. I, I, t- I take that kind of stuff, uh, seriously. Cause I, I'm an avid movie goer. Like, I, yeah. I, I mean, really you, you don't want to be, yeah, you don't want to ruin other people's experiences, just like you don't want yours to be ruined. Or, like, when I saw Iron Man. The very first Iron, and this is yes. probably the first experience, a real, truly awful experience I had in movie theater. Well, this is in, in 2008. The, yeah, yeah. The first like 10 minutes of movie, this guy, and it's you know packed theater. Yeah, and this guy behind us is on his cell phone having a conversation. Holy the first, shit! Like, 10 minutes of the movie. Come on, sir. And it's just like you know. You know, he, and he's sitting like three or four rows behind me, or no, he's in front of me. Mm-hmm. And then just, he's on the aisle, and this is everyone's just like, "Shut up, shut up, just be quiet." You know, come yeah. on, get off your phone. Like, give this guy plenty of chances. Yeah. And he, you know, he was kind of a bigger guy, I guess. So he just thought he could do whatever he want. Mm-hmm. But there's always somebody bigger in the room. It's always a bigger <laughs> fish. Yes. And that, and the, finally, the biggest guy was just he had enough. <laughs> And just came up to him and he grabbed because it's like a Motorola razor and he just grabbed his phone, shut it. And he said, you shut the fuck up right now. And that was it. Wow. <laughs> so Nice. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm with you on that one. I, I think that I think these are all very we've all seen the beginning of uh, before they play yeah. the movie trailers. Yeah. We've all seen that video. Uh, just don't talk. If you're going to talk like, look, when I was watching Endgame, like I emoted all the time. Just very silently. Like, if something happened, like when Cap got Thor's hammer, I was like, holy shit! To, like, the person next to me that knows who I am. Uh, but, you know, like, nobody or else have was... comedic timing. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, I and I, I probably do, but not in public. So I never say anything out loud. Um, like when I watched Godzilla and Godzilla first showed up, I said, fuck yeah, really loud. Everyone laughed. Like, you know, like it's. But that was awesome. Again, that was a yeah, fuck yeah, again, moment. No, you got to know your moments. Like, you got to yes. you gotta be able to read the room or get what's going on. You know, it's not. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think they're all pretty common. Uh, well known. Don't use your phone. Don't talk. If you're going to talk to somebody, try to do the lean whisper oh, talk. The don't yes. use your smartwatch as a cheat for texting either. Oh, oh, that also annoys me. Smartwatch is a smartphone, everybody. If it's smart and you can talk to people or call people or <laughs> text people, it's a fucking phone. Don't use your computer. Don't use your devices. Let everybody try to enjoy the movie, okay? Um, that's the thing that always bothered me, too. This is a pet peeve as a moviegoer as well. Why people would be on their phones. Like, aren't you paying for this seat? Don't you want to exactly. be here? Why are you looking at your phone right now? Like, there's a giant fucking movie being played. Don't you want to watch that? I guess not. But I don't know. Maybe maybe, uh, maybe we're just too hardcore uh, uh, m- um, movie connoisseurs, Glenn, I guess. I don't know. 
Um, so the last question here in this lightning round was: think of a think of a movie that you uh, that you consider to be boring, and what would you do to make it less boring? Uh, Glenn, were you able to think of anything that you would actually uh, take from being boring in your mind to being less boring? Uh, not necessarily. Uh, I think this is again more of a generalized question, like specific to certain movies. Yeah, I guess it. You know, you like we. I think the one we came down to is like length. Usually, length is what. Yeah, can do a movie in you know. Yes, not everything needs to be a two and a half hour epic. You know, some of those Transformer movies near the end where they're oh, like yeah. three hours or whatever. Like shortening them wouldn't have made them good, but they would have been Lord way less rings. boring. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. Oh, how dare you, sir? You look. Uh, even as a fan of Lord of the Rings, uh, <laughs> I and I, I own the extended cuts and I cherish and and watch them and love them. Even I believe that the theatrical cuts are the better version, and even then, people would say that those are too long. So is the music like I know I make fun of it a lot. A lot of it is just the music puts me to sleep. Yeah. Oh man, I love Howard Shore's score for the. No, it's. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just. It's it's just very lulling. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, No. One other thing, (laughs) because yeah, I've been watching the TV show Sabrina. Mm-hmm. One thing I always get irritated about when I watch like a fantasy movie that takes place in like modern times. Yeah. And uh, you can tell that it's, a, let's just say there's a certain demo of the population that writes a lot of these movies mm-hmm. and heaven forbid you have a gun in it by any chance. But sometimes when it has like these horror elements or supernatural stuff, yeah. Uh, I always said, like, in Harry Potter, like, why doesn't just someone have a gun and just shoot him? Like, I, sometimes <laughs> I think a gun would solve some of these problems in fantasy movies. Yes. I'm not saying they're the end-all, be-all. Yes. But, you know, um, Grindelwald was onto something. There's nothing they can do magically that's going to compete with the awesome power of the atomic bomb. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> so, like... <laughs> that's human some of these magic. Cases, like, I just... I don't know. I just wish it, like... In, you know, one person could just had an M1 Grand and just shot Grindelwald when he was on the steps to the Coliseum. Like, I I don't know. I just feel like... Sniped him from, like, you know, yeah, 100 I, yards. I feel, like, I feel like in some of these fantasy movies that take place in our type of reality or whatever, yes. it's just every once in a while, I just wish, you know, some wizard would just bust out a Glock and just shoot somebody <laughs> because they would have the ultimate elephant surprise. You would not see it coming. Well, I mean, and I don't know if it's because they're British, so it's not like a gun isn't going to solve every problem like it does here in America. Yes, that's not their thought process. No, it's not. But but, but I do think they would help in some occasions if if they gave that third Fantastic Beast movie to like Tarantino or something. I promise we'd see something like this. Yeah. Uh, that's what I want. Or people using wands to stab people in the eye, something like that. Yeah, like what if they have like a bayonet or like a yeah, like a switchblade that can pop out or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just some of that stuff. It, it comes to my mind more often than not when I'm watching <laughs> some kind of fantasy movie. Like, yeah, if they had a gun, I think this would be good. That would really help. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm with you on this. I think um, for the most part shortening a movie would make it less boring. There are problems with other movies um, that I find boring where to me, boring is bad. To me, boring is the most kind of bad. 
Like I can watch a bad movie that makes me laugh because it's so awful, but the worst kind of movie is one that's just boring. And usually that can't really be fixed by, um, you know, like, Oh, I wish this character had done this or usually it's, they cast the wrong person or the direction is bad or the writing isn't good. And, and, you know, in which case you're just kind of reverting back to, uh, George Lucas shouldn't have directed the prequels. And if he did, then he shouldn't have been surrounded by yes men. He should have had people challenging him, uh, to create a better, stronger, more, uh, tightly woven film. But you know, that's what it'll, that's what it'll reduce down to. So I would say for me personally, most of the movies that I find boring would be a little less boring if their time was cut, but the only way to really solve them would be to go back to the drawing board and remake the movie with a a different writing team or a different director or or perhaps a different cast. So yes. Uh, All right. Well, that's the episode. That's the mailbag. Once again, if people want to contribute, cinemageekly at gmail.com is where you can send your questions or comments to, and uh, we will store them for a future mailbag episode. And in the meantime, you can head on over to cinemageekly.com where you can check out the archives of the show. And of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. Just search for Cinema Geekly. Hit subscribe and that way you can come back next time where Glenn and I will surely have something to talk about. Probably more mailbag questions at the rate things are going, but maybe some more movie news and reviews on another Cinema Geekly podcast. <laughs>